From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. And like we do every Friday, we have a very special episode because this is the Passengers Pick, where you all, my Wrestling DeLorean Passengers, voted on Twitter, that is at W underscore DeLorean Pod, for the show that you wanted me to review. You have made your voices heard, and I will be reviewing the show that you guys picked, which is... ECW One Night Stand 2006. This is episode 294. We're going to be getting to all the action right now. But first, I want to thank all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. This is the passenger's pick. Let's get right into the show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Friday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that download button right here. No matter what app you're listening to this on, hit that download button. I would really appreciate a review if I earned it. I appreciate the five-star ratings. Thank you so much for all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at... Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And it was on Twitter where I put up the poll and said, which show do my Wrestling DeLorean passengers want me to discuss and review on Friday? Friday is here. The poll is done. And your voices have been heard. I will be talking all about ECW One Night Stand 2006, a show that happened to take place 17 years ago this month. So it was apropos that I discuss this show on this podcast. So I am very excited. ECW One Night Stand 2006, let's let's set the stage a little bit. This is 
coming off of the heels of a very successful ECW One Night Stand 2005, a year before. A show that was supposed to be a one-off reunion for the alumni of ECW and for the fans to celebrate ECW one more time. But that does not end up being the case because because of the success of ECW One Night Stand 2005, the WWE decided to reboot ECW as a third brand and they made ECW One Night Stand 2006 the launching pad for this third brand, ECW on Sci-Fi. So whereas ECW One Night Stand 2005 was more for the ECW alumni because they thought it was more of a one-off show, ECW 2006, One Night Stand 2006 I should say, was more of a WWE produced show it was more of a ECW versus WWE show and in many aspects. And also, you could start seeing the seeds planted for future storylines going forward within the WWE and ECW. So, it was a very interesting show. You had the rabid crowd from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. You had the ECW faithful there. The atmosphere and vibe was that of a classic ECW show. But it was a little weird to see wrestlers like Randy Orton, John Cena, The Big Show, Kurt Angle on this show. So you get a bit of a mixed bag. There was parts of this show that were very high. There were some low parts of this show. In my opinion, right off the bat, I'm going to say this. ECW One Night Stand 2005 was by far the much better show. But don't sleep on ECW One Night Stand 2006. Because there were some really good matches. The atmosphere was banging the whole night. And on top of all that, I feel that this show is underrated for a few reasons. One, the main event. What a crazy atmosphere with John Cena being booed out the building. One of the most hostile crowd reactions I have ever seen. Still to this day, one of the most hostile crowd reactions ever. And then, you also had, in my opinion, a dream matchup. We didn't get to see a finish, but a dream matchup nonetheless between the homicidal suicidal, genocidal, death-defying Sabu versus, you hear the sirens, right? We out here in these streets. The death-defying Sabu versus Rey Mysterio Jr. for the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That was another matchup that really stole the show. We're going to be talking about all that, but first I also want to continue to set the stage. We had a couple nights before this, a special one-off. It was WWE versus ECW head-to-head. This show had a couple good matches. This show had John Cena defending his world title against Sabu. This show had Rey Mysterio versus Rob Van Dam. This show had Tommy Dreamer versus Edge. This show had a amazing classic promo by Mick Foley talking about ECW and how detrimental ECW was to the wrestling history. We had a lot that came out of that head-to-head show. 
It's a show that not many people talk about, but I promise you it's a show that we will discuss one day here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. The special one-off ECW versus WWE head-to-head show. But it was a show that perfectly set the stage for ECW One Night Stand 2006. I think that it would be beneficial to anybody who wants to go back and watch this show to maybe check out that show first. It's referenced a lot, actually, on the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view. But also, there's some gems. Because like I said, Van Damme versus Mysterio was fire. Edge versus Dreamer was fire. The ECW versus WWE Battle Royal was eh, but still good. We had a female WWE Women's Championship matchup where it was the current WWE Champion, Mickie James, versus the ECW Alumni Jazz. That matchup was dope. And like I said, you got to go back and check out that promo by Mick Foley. A lot of people talk about Cactus Jack doing some of his best mic work in ECW. And who could forget the ECW promo where Cactus Jack was saying that the ECW fans were too bloodthirsty. When they had a sign that said Kane Dewey, Mick Foley's own son. He said that the ECW fans are not grateful and they would be the death of ECW. That was one of the classic ECW promos by by Cactus Jack that he was able to pay homage to in this show and bring back. And I love the fact that he was feuding with Tommy Dreamer back in ECW in 96 when he cut that promo, or in 95 when he cut that promo. And this is leading to another match against Tommy Dreamer and his idol, Terry Funk, at ECW When I Stand. So with that being said, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about ECW One Night Stand 2006. Stay tuned, y'all. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah. Yes. And wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over 100 casino-style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into this action. ECW One Night Stand, the show that took place on June 11, 2006. We have the rabbit, rabbit crowd started us off with a huge ECW chance. This crowd is going crazy here in the Hammerstein Ballroom in Manhattan, New York. Out comes Paul Heyman, and he is here to kick the show off, and the crowd is going absolutely ballistic for Paul Heyman. This crowd was eating this shit up all night. Paul Heyman, who comes out, and he cuts a promo talking about the rebirth of ECW. He dawns the line, the tribe of extreme has risen again. Right now, at this point, if Paul Heyman said, Let's all storm Titan Towers and take over. That crowd was eating in the palm of his hands. They all would just go ahead and do it. Paul Heyman was at his ultimate high cult leader-like at this moment in ECW. This was such an awesome moment. I love this promo. He talks about how ECW has a better TV deal now with sci-fi than they ever did before with TNN, which was cool to see Paul Heyman still taking shots at the network all these years later. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited, right? This got me hyped for the show. First matchup of the night, we got the human suplex machine, Taz, who is well into retirement at this point, versus Jerry Lawler. This was a matchup that was years in the making. When Jerry Lawler was in ECW and he invaded, Taz was constantly a guy that was calling him out. Taz was a guy who waved the flag for ECW and called out Jerry Lawler, but we never got to see Jerry Lawler versus Taz. We finally get to see it, and it's not much of a matchup, but Taz finally gets his just due because the match starts off with uh, Jerry the King Lawler slapping Joey Styles just to anger the ECW fans, and then very cockyly-like, cockyly-like, uh, it's a word now, so don't, don't question it. He walks to the ring, to start his match with Taz, but from behind, Joey Styles jumps on the back of Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry the King Lawler then flips him over and tries to hit him with the patented pile driver. But Taz is not having any of that. Taz locks on the Taz mission, and just like that, Jerry the King Lawler is out like a light. Taz is your winner in the opening matchup here on ECW One I Stand. After this matchup, Taz then joins Joey Styles for commentary, and we get the first, I guess, real matchup of the night, which was a very odd match to see in front of the ECW faithful in the Hammerstein Ballroom. That matchup being the legend killer, the Viper, Randy Orton, versus Kurt Angle. 
Now, I know that they were donning Kurt Angle as the new wrestling machine, ECW's own, a guy who defected from the WWE to ECW, but it was just so odd to see these two WWE superstars inside of that arena. And I want to say, I'm not the only one who felt this way because that crowd was tearing Randy Orton apart. I can't even repeat on this podcast some of the things that they were chanting at Randy Orton. It was brutal. But this was a typical WWE-style matchup, which I don't think fit on this style of show, but it did kind of show and foreshadowed what we were going to be getting for the new ECW, especially with more WWE influence on the ECW product. Kurt Angle wins the matchup. It was a good matchup, but just not for that show. If this was on any other show, this would have been considered a great matchup, but it was only a good matchup because you expect expect something a little different when you tune into an ECW pay-per-view. You don't expect to see a Raw-style matchup or a SmackDown-style matchup. You expect to see an ECW-style matchup. That's not what we got here with Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle. But we did get our first ECW-style matchup with four ECW alumni coming up right after this matchup when little Guido Maritato teamed up with his partner, his paisan, Tony Mameluke, and they were accompanied by Big Guido, the FBI, went against their rivals, Yoshihiro Tajeri and the insane luchador Super Crazy. This was a very fun matchup. A lot of classic spots by Super Crazy Anti-Jerry and the FBI. This was a feud that dates back all the way to 1999, and we're in 2006, and these guys have great chemistry with each other. Really fun matchup, but in the end, shockingly, the FBI pick up the victory. And the reason why they pick up the victory is because the FBI is going on to become a tag team in a new ECW when Super Crazy is going to be drafted to Raw, which I thought was stupid at the time. He should have been on ECW, especially by, you know, how this crowd reacted to him here. And to Jerry, who was not no longer signed with the WWE at this time, would be going back to Japan. After the matchup, though, the big show, the newly extreme giant big show, makes his way into the ring and takes out all three members of the FBI, Little Guido, Big Guido, and Tony Mameluke. Stood no chance to the big show. Which also once again showed that the WWE superstars were here to outshine the ECW extremists. Next up on the show, though, we had what I called earlier in this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, an absolute dream match. For the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, we got Sabu versus Rey Mysterio. This was amazing. Now, we did not get a finish, and we never got a rematch. But go back and watch this matchup, because it is about 10 minutes of just the most insane action that you would see. Some of the most stiffest chair shots, Crazy high-flying spots, and everything that you would expect from a Rey Mysterio versus Sabu match. This was really good, y'all. There was that one point in this matchup where Sabu threw a chair at Rey Mysterio as hard as he could, and that shit echoed throughout the Hammerstein Ballroom. The matchup was good. I did not really appreciate, though. I love the ECW crowd, but I did not really appreciate that the crowd was shitting on Rey Mysterio. 
Rey Mysterio, who is a former ECW alumni, Rey Mysterio, who goes out of his way every time he has an interview about his career to say how much ECW meant to him, even though he was there for a short time. Rey Mysterio, who was donning an ECW logo on his mask, got booed out the building. Now, I know you don't get more ECW than Sabu. And I know that Sabu is a guy that the ECW fans have not seen on pay-per-view for a while. But, come on. Rey Mysterio is an ECW alumni just like anybody else. You know, it's funny because at ECW One I Stand 2005, you can hear sort of the boos for Rey Mysterio. But then you would hear the chants and the cheers for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Rey Mysterio was in ECW longer than Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it is what it is. Nonetheless, amazing matchup. In the end, Sabu hits a nasty triple jump DDT to the outside onto a table onto Rey Mysterio. A spot that got the classic Joey Styles. Oh my God! And also a spot that looked like they broke both their necks. Leading to a referee stoppage. No champion crowned. No winner. But a hell of a matchup. I thought that this was a safe way to keep this champion on Rey Mysterio. But not have Sabu lose. And make Sabu look like a megastar coming out of this matchup. Next up, we had a very classic ECW style matchup. Even though it featured... A WWE superstar. Or some may say two WWE superstars. We had Edge and Mick Foley going up against the hardcore legend, Terry Funk, the god of hardcore, and the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. But we're not done there because Beulah McGillicuddy accompanied Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk to the ring. And Lita accompanied Mick Foley and Edge to the ring. So Beulah McGillicuddy gets on the mic and says that she thinks we should make this an extreme intergender six-man tag. And Lita obliges. Now, a little side note, a lot of things that people don't remember is Lita herself was also an ECW alumni. Go back and check out Miss Congeniality, the valet of Danny Doring and Roadkill. That was Lita. So Lita is also back home in ECW, but is getting booed out the building and treated like she's just a WWE superstar. Kind of like Rey Mysterio. But nonetheless, we have a six-man tag or six-person tag, and this was extreme as extreme can get. We had garbage cans. We had ladders. We had barbed wire. We had fire. We had blood. Lots of blood. At one point, Terry Funk has to be taken to the back because he's bleeding out of his eye. And he's screaming out, my eye, my eye, I can't see out of my eye. So he's taken to the back, which leads to Tommy Dreamer getting just jumped, basically, by Mick Foley and Edge. But in the end, Terry Funk makes his way back to the ring with a barbed wire 2x4, which he sets on fire and hits McFoley with setting McFoley on fire. Nasty, nasty spot. Both Terry Funk and McFoley goes crashing into the barbed wire board. And then in the end, 
in a very perverted manner in a very perverted moment. Edge Spears, Beulah McGillicuddy, puts her legs over her head and humps her for a three count. Yeah, I said it, and I'm not proud of it. Anyway, really good matchup, though. Very extreme. I enjoyed this. There was, you know, like I said, highs, and then there was lows. Next up on the show, we have another classic ECW-style matchup. We have former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Masato Tanaka, who makes his last appearance for ECW here and is not brought on to the ECW television show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Versus former ECW Tag team champion, the hardcore chair swinging freak, Balls Mahoney. This was a really fun matchup that was very ECW-like. You ain't going to see the best of wrestling spots here, but you did get crowd interaction. Uh, at one point, Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka were hitting each other with beer from the crowd. Um, and we had one of the most nastiest chair shots when Balls Mahoney almost took Masato Tanaka's head off with a sick Wicked chair shot. In the end, your winner, Balls Mahoney. The man who's going to be going on to ECW and Sci-Fi, not the man who is going back to Japan. Now let's talk about another low. We had Eugene come out. And Eugene had a poem that he wrote for the ECW crowd. This shit screamed corny WWE bullshit. And this led to the ECW hardcore icon, the Sandman, coming out and caning Eugene. My question is, could you not find a better spot for a legendary four-time ECW champion, the Sandman. 
a guy who is heavily featured on ECW television going forward. Another low on this show was we had about a 10-minute promo by JBL, who was in the crowd to just talk shit about the ECW fans and then announce that he's taking over for Taz as SmackDown's lead color commentator. Who gives a fuck? This was just uh, time filler. And, you know, it was one thing to have the ECW Crusaders a year before. But this was just like, come on, who cares? Who cares? Why do you have to fill this ECW show with a bunch of WWE superstars? This is not what people wanted when people asked for ECW to come back. I have my conspiracies, but I'm not going to talk about them here. But it was just another low on this show. But then we got not only a high, but one of the most legendary moments in wrestling. Because we got the main event. It is Mr. Money in the Bank, Mr. Pay-Per-View, Mr. Monday Night, the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam, cashing in his Money in the Bank, against the ultimate enemy of ECW. The ultimate personification of the WWE. And a man who had a target on his back and was walking into the jungle. None other than John Cena. John Cena walked into an atmosphere that was like none other. John Cena who at this time was starting to get the polarizing let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance. There was none of pol- there was no polarizing. There was no 50-50. This was 100%. If Cena wins, we riot. John Cena walked into the jungle, and that crowd was 1 trillion percent behind Rob Van Dam. To the point that I feel if Rob Van Dam did lose, the crowd really would have rioted. Because this crowd was not having no end to John Cena. John Cena, who's one of the most legendary WWE competitors of all time, was a piece of shit compared to the eyes of the ECW fans in this night. John Cena, who takes his shirt off, throws it into the crowd, and the crowd throws it back. So he tries again. He takes his shirt off, throws it to another section of the crowd, and the crowd throws it back. So he tries it for a third time. Throws it into the crowd, and then it got so freaking brutal that this guy threw the shirt back, put up the middle fingers, and said, fuck you, we don't want your shirt. There was chance of you can't wrestle. There was chance of same old shit. There were chance of Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam had the ultimate home field advantage here. In the end, after a very, um, really good matchup, John Cena proving that crowd wrong, that he definitely could wrestle, had a really good matchup with Rob Van Dam. We have a referee bump. We had a man in a helmet spear John Cena through a table. That man revealing himself as Edge. And a guy who was just getting booed by the ECW faithful an hour ago. The ECW faithful is now chanting, thank you, Edge, because he took out John Cena which leads to Paul Heyman coming into the ring, Rob Van Dam hitting a five-star frog splash, and Paul Heyman counting one, 
two, three. And just like that, we have a new ECW and WWE World Heavyweight Champion finally reaching the mountaintop, Rob Van Dam. The show goes out with Rob Van Dam celebrating with his family and his ECW brethren in the ring with an ultimate beer bash. This was a really cool ending and had me excited for what was to come the following Tuesday on ECW's debut episode on Sci-Fi. I'm going to tell you this right now. This show had highs. Highs that I strongly recommend that you guys see. Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk versus McFoley and Edge. Sabu versus Rey Mysterio. Van Dam versus Cena. All this was top notch. And then the show had lows. That's the only difference between 05 and 06. 05 was consistently great and had a great flow throughout the night. 06 was a bit of a roller coaster. Up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm going to give this show, out of five stars, I'm going to give it a strong three. And the three is a good passing grade. Because I think that those highs were high enough to counteract those lows. Thank you so much to my wrestling DeLorean passengers for picking this show. We will be back with a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast this coming Monday. Thank you so much. I love you guys. I hope everyone has a phenomenal weekend. Happy Father's Day to all my fathers out there. Happy Juneteenth. Have a great weekend, y'all. Love you guys. Peace out. Stay safe. One love. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's Golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. 
Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.